0: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin.
1: Hello, Texas. It looks like we finally turned the corner and are now headed straight towards fall. I hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. Well, in the news today, we're still hearing feedback from farm groups on last week's court decision that vacated the Navigable Waters Protection Act. We'll check in with the National Cotton Council to get their reaction coming up to kick off today's show. We've had a great year of rain here in Texas, and that means we've grown a large fuel load in our forests in Central and East Texas. Because of that, the Texas A&M Forest Service is offering grants for prescribed burns. We'll tell you more about that program coming up as well. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: West Texas A&M University in Canyon is the location for a couple of ag-related events coming up later this month. I'm James Hunt and I'll tell you more on Texas Ag Today.
3: Shipping obstacles are frustrating U.S. red meat exporters of beef and pork. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
4: The Coastal Bend cotton harvest is in full swing. And this is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area.
1: We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Last week's court ruling that vacated the Navigable Waters Protection Rule has drawn sharp criticism from many farm groups, including the National Cotton Council. NCC's Reese Langley says it's not clear how wide-reaching this court ruling will be.
4: Up until now, that had been the law that was governing the Clean Water Act as it applies to agriculture and other land uses. And so, it's unclear based on this court ruling if they're vacating that current legislation and rule. If that's going to apply to all of the U.S. or only the district that that court is located in? At this time, EPA has not offered any guidance on what this court ruling will mean and what their next steps are going to be.
1: The National Cotton Council has been submitting comments to the Environmental Protection Agency regarding their intention to replace the. Navigable Waters Protection Rule with something more far-reaching like the Obama-era Waters of the U.S. rule. Landowners in Central and East Texas are eligible for grants to conduct prescribed burns.
5: A wetter-than-normal spring and summer has meant more grasses and brush in Texas, and the Texas A&M Forest Service says that means there's more to burn in the event of a wildfire help mitigate the risk of a large wildfire threatening homes and communities, the Texas A&M Forest Service is now accepting applications from landowners in Central and East Texas to offset the cost of prescribed burns. More than $477,000 in grants are available to eligible homeowners. The burns must be conducted on their property by certified and insured prescribed burn managers. Grants reimburse landowners for the burn costs from 20 to $30 an acre, depending on program eligibility. For some grants, priority is given to projects that protect the most homes and communities. Other grants give priority to habitat and ecosystem restoration. The deadline to apply is September 30th. Details are available on the Texas A&M Forest Service website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
1: Controlling brush is a never-ending chore here in Texas, and there's a new product on the market that puts a big dent in both mesquite and satch. Brian Kane is with Bayer Range and Pasture here in Texas. He says the product is called Envora, and what sets it apart is the long-term control of both mesquite and huesatch.
6: Actually, Envora shows to be about 97% canopy reduction eight years after an application on honey mesquite, so that's kind of unheard of in the marketplace. And that translates into
1: several long-term benefits for ranches, including increased profitability, better wildlife habitat, and better water utilization.
6: We don't get a lot of rain sometimes in some of our western areas of Texas and New Mexico. And when it does rain, we want to capture all the water we can from that rainfall. And we can't do that if we have bare ground. Usually we have bare ground underneath those canopy covers. So we replace that with grass. Now we capture more of that water in that normal rainfall.
1: We don't see the erosion problem because of runoff or evaporation. Envora has been out for about a year now and is currently available here in Texas. There are two big ag events coming up soon at West Texas A&M University in Canyon. James Hunt has the
2: details. First, let's preview the annual WT Ag Day taking place Saturday, September 11th. It's a fun time, free admission, free food, but Dr. Lance Keith, the head of West Texas A&M's Ag Department says proceeds raised by WT supporters through the Ag Day auction have greatly helped grow the university's ag programs.
7: These dollars have allowed us to get out go to different states. We were local years ago. Now we've expanded to other states and recruiting and we've become a household name in the ag community for students looking for an education.
2: Once again, Ag Day is Saturday, September 11th at the Bain Event Center on the WT campus in Canyon. Meanwhile, WT is also the venue for a Texas A&M AgriLife program on Tuesday, September 14th called How to Enhance Profit from Ranch to Rail. Two meat scientists, Dr. Ty Lawrence of West Texas A&M and Dr. Dan Hale of AgriLife, will give presentations for cattle raisers. Hemphill County Extension Agent Andy Holloway, whose office is presenting the program, says WT was chosen as the location because of what the university's resources offer for teaching about the carcass.
7: We're going to roll out some beef carcasses out on the rail into this classroom that's right off the meat slab there. And then Dr. Hale and Dr. Lawrence will just take those carcasses and some different carcass components and break them down and just show where the value is.
2: Holloway says better knowledge of the carcass can help producers improve their profitability. The September 14th program is limited to the first 60 participants. Cost is $50. Contact the Extension Service for more information. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Shipping
1: obstacles have become a big challenge for red meat exporters. Tom Nicoletti has
3: the story. While U.S. beef and pork exports have achieved impressive volumes in 2021, port congestion, especially on the West Coast, and other shipping obstacles continue to frustrate exporters. Travis Arp is U.S. Meat Export Federation's Senior Director of Export Services.
8: We're still seeing difficulties on the shipping side for U.S. exporters, and really I would say that it's gotten a bit worse over the last several months. I mean, we're coming into a critical time for imports into the U.S. and the numbers that the U.S. ports are reporting in terms of imported container volume is starting to tick up And with back-to-school season and starting to get into holiday shopping. That volume is really only going to continue to compound the issues that never fully got cleared up over the summer months.
3: Cargo backlogs problematic on the West Coast are leading some U.S. exporters to seek alternative routes even when shipping to Asian markets.
8: Exporters are looking at any viable options to get containers out of the country as quickly as possible, trying to identify other ports that have less congestion. We've heard anecdotes from members utilizing the East Coast ports or Gulf Coast ports to get product out to Asian markets. So that's adding two or three weeks of transit time. But ultimately, that's still a faster option than having a container sit on the West Coast for multiple weeks until it can finally get on a vessel.
3: The Port Issue is getting more attention on Capitol Hill. In the House of Representatives, the Ocean Shipping Reform Act of 2021 was recently introduced, which is aimed at reforming ocean shipping practices such as unreasonable detention. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The coastal bend cotton harvest is in full swing. Harvey
1: Buring has an update from Corpus Christi.
4: Well, the 2021 Coastal Bend cotton crop has had more than its share of ups and downs. And with marginal soil moisture, delaying planting, and those cool nights that followed the germination of some of those cotton fields, it was off to a slow and rocky start. Then heavy rains came in mid-May, caused a lot of fields to be waterlogged and underwater for a few days. That further delayed the development of the crop. But fortunately, more favorable conditions occurred around early June through July and put our cotton crop back on track and have a positive outcome this year. And at this time, there's some good yields coming out of the fields, but back in Late May and early June, I reported that the crop was likely to be 10 days to two weeks behind the normal average for harvest, and that has proven to be the case this year. In fact, the Corpus Christi Classing Office just issued its first classing report on August 20th, and typically their first report comes out around the 7th to the 10th of the month of August, but their report did indicate that they had processed some 15,000 samples that were received from 11 gins here in south texas and so far the quality of the crop appears to be very good most of the samples are falling in the grade range of 21 to 31 with the staple length averaging uh, inch point one five and micronaire's running 4.4 and uh, the Fiber strength, a very good sound 31 and a quarter gram protects, along with uniformity of that fiber being 81.9. So the quality of the crop shaping up to be very good. The challenge from here on with a late. Harvest is always tropical weather patterns, and next week predictions of scattered showers is liable to create some delays in harvesting the remainder of the crop here in the coastal bend. At this time, we're estimating about 40% of the crop having been harvested. That last 60% could be a challenge. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area for Texas Ag Today.
5: Another Texas lake is now fully infested with invasive zebra mussels. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more on what you can do to prevent their spread on Texas Ag Today.
1: And ear mites are a common problem in younger pets. Texas veterinarian, Dr. Bob Judd, takes a closer look at that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Ear mites are a common problem
1: in younger pets, but Dr. Bob Judd says they do not make up a large percentage of ear infection cases.
6: Most all pet owners have heard of ear mites that can cause ear scratching and itching in their pets. We have lots of clients that come to the clinic because their pet has chronic ear infections and the owners have been treating with ear mite medication from the pet store with no response. Although ear mites are always a possibility, it is unlikely for an adult dog to have ear mites unless the dog is outside all the time and is spending time with cats. Adult cats can have ear mites if they are outside most of the time with exposure to other cats. It is common for young kittens born outside to have ear mites, but cats that are inside all the time and most dogs are not very susceptible to ear mite infection. We treat a lot of ear problems at our clinic and I can say that 98% of the ear problems are not related to ear mites. So if your dog or cat is scratching the ear and shaking the head, the cause is unlikely to be ear mites, and treating with an ear mite medication is usually wasted money. Also, you would be wasting time treating with an ineffective medication while your pet is continuing to be painful. Most ear infections are related to allergies, as allergies cause irritation of the ear which causes the pet to scratch the ear and leads to even more inflammation and overgrowth of bacterial and yeast organisms in the ear. Also, ear infections that have been present for several months can cause permanent damage to the ear canal, which can make it impossible to cure the infection without surgery. Long-term ear infection can cause the eardrum to rupture, which allows infection in the middle and inner ear, which is not only more difficult to treat, but can cause neurologic disease. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Another Texas lake is now fully infested with invasive zebra mussels. Jessica Domel has more on what you can do to help prevent their spread.
5: According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, Lake Worth in Tarrant County now has an established reproducing population of zebra mussels. Raphael Brock, TPWD's Inland Fisheries Director for Dallas-Fort Worth, said the finding is not unexpected. There are two reservoirs infested with zebra mussels upstream from Lake Worth, and high water events, like those seen earlier this spring, likely spread the zebra mussels downstream to Lake Worth. Zebra mussels are an invasive species. TPWD reports that they have devastating economic, recreational, and environmental impacts. They spread rapidly, and they can damage boats by encrusting holes, clogging water systems in the motors, affecting air conditioners and heads, and they can cause navigation buoys to sink. Zebra mussels can be found in 34 Texas lakes. 28 of those lakes are listed as fully infested. To prevent the spread of zebra mussels to additional waterways, boaters are encouraged to clean, drain, and dry their boats and equipment before leaving the lake. Boaters should allow gear and compartments to dry completely when they get home, as zebra mussels can survive for days outside the water and they can hide out in hard-to-see locations. Additional information for boaters and marina owners on how to stop the spread of zebra mussels can be found on TPWD Texas.gov backslash stop invasives. Again, that is tpwd.texas.gov backslash stop invasives. Additional information is also available on texasinvasives.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
1: All of our agricultural markets were closed on Monday for the Labor Day holiday, but we'll take a quick peek back at how things wrapped up on Friday. Keep it right here on Texas Ag
3: Today. As harvest begins, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to be diligent in taking the proper precautions to ensure treated seed does not enter the domestic or export grain supply. When properly handled, seed treatments are an effective agronomic tool that provides seeds the necessary protection for a strong, healthy start. Completely remove all treated seed left in containers and equipment used to handle harvested grain and dispose of it properly. Always be careful to follow state and federal guidelines for proper handling, storage, and disposal of treated seed. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer.
0: It was a fairly tough week for the cattle market.
1: We saw lower prices throughout the week for both live and feeder cattle futures on just about every day. We ended up on Friday in the red in both live and feeder cattle. October live cattle dropping $1.25 at twenty-five at one twenty-four eighty. The December down $1.27 at $130.92. February live cattle down $1. $1.17, $135.15. September feeder cattle dropped $1.82 on Friday, one fifty-eight forty-seven. The 47 October down 257, one sixty-two forty-seven, November feeders down 245 at 165, 27. It was a fairly light cash-fed cattle trade throughout the week. We saw most of our sales here in Texas going as high as 124 to 124 and a quarter. If you move up north, prices were higher. They sold cattle as high as 130. Dressed prices topped out at 205. Boxed beef on Friday was mixed. Choice down 23 cents, 33769. Select up a dollar 19 at 30616. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
8: It's time to talk to Jody Fry for producers in Cargill San Angelo. They sell them there every Thursday. Jody Fry, how did this week's sale go?
7: Well, we're a little lighter on numbers than we'd like to be, but the quality was real good. We sold right at 800 head today. Majority of those were calves and yearlings, uh, the heavyweight calves and yearlings selling fully steady. Still very good demand on those better quality cattle. Your choice light to medium weight calves saw those sell another two to four dollars higher. Continued strong demand on those as well. Limited supply of slaughter cows and slaughter bulls today selling about steady. Not enough bred cows or pairs on offer for a good market test today. Your Steers weighing 4 to 600 pounds, better quality steers, 140 up to a high of over 185, mostly 145 to 165. 6 to 800 pound steers from 120, up to a high of 155, mostly 125 to 150. Better quality heifer calves, 4 to 600 pounds, from 120, up to a high of near 160, mostly 130 to 145. Slaughter cows, average to high yielding from 51 to 65, had just a few of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 68 to a high of 78. Thinner or lower yielding type cows, not many of those today, from 37 to 49. Slaughter bulls, averaged to high yielding from 70 to 86, had just a handful of the very highest yielding slaughter bulls from 88 to a high of 98.
4: Uh, what do you think for this next week? Well,
7: we'll get flooded with phone calls on Monday whether we're having a sale or not Tuesday and yes we are Uh, expect a little lighter numbers probably on the sheep and goat sale but maybe in that four to five thousand head range but we will be there over the weekend and Monday receiving stock for that Tuesday sale we know of some cow consignments and a few breeding bulls for next Thursday uh, and those will sell kind of 1130 to 12 o'clock so should bounce back and have better cattle numbers next Thursday
8: Jody Fry tell everybody how to get a hold of you
7: you bet any of us at the office at 325-653-3371 or my mobile phone would be same area code 234-7895
8: we appreciate you Jody thank you so much have a good weekend that's it for Walking the Pins. I'm Larry Marble. We're a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. See you tomorrow.
1: Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finish lower on Friday. October Hogs down 27 at 89.57. The December down 22 at 8210. Class 3 milk slightly lower. September milk down 3, 1664 100 weight. October milk down six at 1675. The cotton market finished higher on Friday for the second trading session in a row. A weaker U.S. dollar and strong equity markets helping to support cotton prices at the end of the week. October cotton up 48 points, 95.62. December up 73 at 94.02. We wrapped up a tough week for the corn market, the closing of export facilities along the Mississippi River because of Hurricane Ida damage, pressured corn prices throughout the week. At the end of the week, more pressure coming from rain in the corn belt. Overall, the December corn contract lost about 30 cents for the week. We closed with nearby September off eight and a quarter, 5.08 a bushel, December corn down one and a half at 5.24. The wheat market bounced back nicely on Friday to make up for most of the losses earlier in the week hard wheat finishing higher with September up 14 cents 715 and a quarter new crop July up seven and a half at 718 a bushel. Soft wheat market higher also on Friday, September up 10 and, a half, and a half. New crop July up a quarter penny seven fifteen and a half. and Rough rice was higher, September up one and a half cents 1307 100 weight. November soybeans up eight and three quarters 12.92 a bushel. September soybean meal up three dollars closing at 340.90 a ton. In the energy markets, October natural gas up 7 at 471, October crude oil down 74 cents, 69.25 a barrel. The financial markets on Friday were narrowly mixed. The Dow down 39 points, 35404, the Nasdaq up 37 at 15368, the S&P up 1, 4538. Well, that wraps up our markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you then, right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website,